Um, I was thinking about the other day as, as I was thinking about how we're going to conclude uh, Ephesians chapter 6. And I was thinking about the times growing up and even the times today, sometimes it happens where, you know, you, you bring out a, a puzzle or, or, or a game board. How many of you uh, like the, the game of life? Have you guys ever played that, the game of life? Or, or Monopoly, right? Amen. We, we all have these games that, that we've played growing up. And if you were like me growing up, sometimes you'd bring the game board out and you realize that the, there were pieces missing. So you had to bring out the beans, right? In my house, we had the beans. You had to bring out, you know, little things here and there to complete the set. But you know what? If you had the important piece missing, like the little hourglass... You know, that, you know, back then in my day, we didn't have our cell phones where we could just set a timer. We didn't have that. We had to watch the, 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 the big hand make its way around, you know. But, you know, the point is, is that it's, it's frustrating when we are in a situation and we don't have all the pieces. And this morning, we're going to be talking about the armor of God. We're going to be concluding our message of the armor of God. Throughout the New Testament, we are given instruction to place upon ourselves the spiritual armor that is given to us when we commit our lives to Jesus Christ. When you give your life to the Lord and and you make a commitment to serve God, you are given spiritual armor. Now, what I like about, you know, Ephesians chapter 6 is that it says to put on the whole armor of God. And I want to let you know that that is an action verb. In the Bible, there are action verbs. We serve a God who doesn't just make things happen for us. He expects us to respond. Like in 1 Peter 1.16, it says, Be holy, for I am holy. That's an action verb. God is calling us to come out of ourselves, to leave the old man behind, and to be holy. He's calling us. It's an action verb. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus says, Come to me, all that are tired, right? And I will give you rest. It is an action verb. Come to me. We need to come to Jesus. Jesus says in Matthew 28, 19, he says, Go into all the world. It is an action verb. In Colossians 3.12, Paul says, put on tender mercy. We serve a God who meets us when we respond to the instruction given to us in Scripture. I like what uh, 2 Corinthians 10.14 says. It says that the weapons of our warfare are not flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. The spiritual armor given to us is from the Lord. We are to cherish and respect the spiritual weapons given to us. Who here would be crazy enough to play frisbee with the dagger? No one. That's, that's ridiculous. But I'll tell you an interesting story. I was at a family reunion one time years ago, and I had an uncle you know, his uncle was a, he was a vet, and uh, I, I think, 
you know, I don't know, I don't know what he was doing over there, but he just wasn't all there, right? And, and I remember he was gathering all the, all the kids around, and I was there in that crowd, and he's like, I'm going to show you a trick, man. And he took out his little pocket knife. He's like, I know how to catch this with my two fingers. And we're like, no way. Yeah, I can do it. And we're like, oh, we were like, no, you can't do that, Uncle. He's like, yeah, yeah. So he, he, he got one of the cousins, and he says, all right, stand over there and just, just toss it to me and watch. And we were all just looking, and, and as he threw the, the, the pocket knife, it, we just, it was like slow motion. It was like, just landed right there on his palm. And he was like, oh, man, he, he was, you know, saying what he was saying. He's like, oh, dude. And, and uh, he, you know, he was bleeding quite a bit and everything, but it's crazy. We wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that unless you're, you know, you're crazy. But, you know, um, the point is that, you know, we have this spiritual armor God has given us, not to take lightly, not to, to uh, you, know, put, you know, sweep under the bed, put in the closet. We are, made, we are given this armor, and we are to respect the armor that God has given us. I like the story of Peter. When, when Jesus was being arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, it says in Matthew 26, verses 51 through 53, It says, behold, one of those, Peter, who was with Jesus, stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest to cut off his ear. So Jesus was being arrested. Peter knew what was going to happen, what was going to go down. And in the midst of that adversity, he reached out for his sword to cut off the, the, the servant's ear. He acted in a way that most of us would act. Peter's response was was the most logical for him at the time. How many of you have been in a situation, and I'll I'll throw myself out there, in in an uncomfortable situation where where you feel pressed against the wall, where maybe there's an accusation coming against you. Maybe the wife is saying something that's true. Maybe, you know, and it's kind of just eating at you. I don't know. I've been married for 18 years, and that's happened to me more than once. Where, you know, a truth comes out, and you're like, oh, man, that's true. In your mind, you're thinking, what do I do, man? And you start pulling out your sword. You start pulling out the sword. Now, this is not the sword of the spirit. This is the sword of the past. Well, you did this to me, right? That ever happened to you guys? Where, where, you know, you start, you know, you're in this argument and boom, all of a sudden the past starts coming out. And instead of pulling out the sword of the spirit, you're pulling out the sword of the past hurts. You're, or you're in a situation and, and, you know, you have a, you're in a situation to compromise your belief system. And you start pulling out the sword of compromise. You start pulling out the sword of what have you. See, Peter, in in this situation, when he was pressed against adversity, he pulled out what was in his heart. And you know what? We're not to blame, but the honest truth is what we we all have been in that situation. But see, as Christians, we are to pull out the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit. And we're going to get into that this morning. Now, What we've learned in Ephesians chapter 6 so far is that there are must-haves of of armor. Now, we all have heard of the phrase, it's a must-have, which implies 
uh, something that we absolutely need. So far in Ephesians, we have discussed all the must-haves of the armor of God. The first one we discussed was the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace. Now, if you have a family member visiting San Diego for the first time and they're over at your house, there are some must-haves. It is a... um, it is most likely that you're going to say, oh, you got to try the California burrito, right? It, it, it was born here in San Diego, if you guys didn't know that. It's a little, little piece of history. Or, or you, need to, uh, you need to go to the beach, especially if they come from, the, you know, the, the Midwest or what have you. You know, or, you know, you, you need to do this. It's a must-have. If you are traveling to the mountains during snow season, you must have what? Chains, right? Chains on your tires. Because if not, they're going to send you back the mountain. Not that it's ever happened to me. But there are some must-haves. If we apply this to our salvation, the, the, the belt of truth, righteousness, and peace, we know that we've been confronted with the truth of the gospel. And when we accept it, Jesus becomes our righteousness. And the result is peace in us. See, the truth, righteousness, and peace armor of God, if you see in Scripture, it says have. Have peace. Have righteousness. Have truth. These are the must-haves in order for us to live as a Christian. This morning... uh, We must understand that the haves of the armor are the, are the things that we absolutely need. The building blocks of our faith in Christ to develop a firm foundation for building our lives. The armor of God isn't complicated this morning. The armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6 is not a complicated list of requirements. Rather, a detailed example on how the Holy Spirit protects us and empowers us for God's divine purposes. Romans 13 verse 12 summarizes this best. It says, the night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. In our text this morning, Ephesians 6, verse 16 through 18 says this. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. Now we're going to be, now that we've talked about the have, have the belt of truth, have the breastplate of righteousness, have the gospel of peace. Now we're talking about the items that we take up, take up the shield of faith which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Are we always in a spiritual battle? No, we're not. Sometimes you're having a great day. Sometimes you're having a great week. Sometimes you're having a bad month. You're not always in a spiritual battle, you know, a a battle in which you're engaged and something's coming against your life. But it says that, With the shield of faith, you can extinguish all the flaming darts. It says, 
take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, do we always come out swinging? Do we always have the sword of the Spirit? Are we always, not necessarily. And don't misunderstand me this morning. What I'm trying to say is that not everything's a demon. Not everything is an issue. And sometimes as Christians, we can walk through life thinking everything is an attack. Sometimes we just need to grow up. Sometimes we just need to man up, if you will, and, and do what's right and understand that it's not a spiritual battle. We just got to start doing the right thing. And we also need to understand that there is a difference between, you know, being growing up in maturity in Christ and being attacked spiritually. There's a difference. And in those situations, we are to take up the shield of faith. Take up the sword of the spirit. That is a, uh, an offensive weapon. Something that we have on our hilt, on hand, ready. It says in verse 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. The difference between have and take is that taking doesn't necessarily apply to every situation. The shield, the helmet, and the sword are all in the same. Offensive weapons for an intended time. To help you understand, I want to talk about the times I've worked in construction. In the past, and because I know from experience, there are some must-haves when I'm in the construction site. I got to have my boots on. I have to have my tool belt. I need to have these things. If not, I'm going to get kicked out by the general contractor. Now, I don't necessarily need a hammer to be in the job site. I don't need a chisel. I don't need a drill. But when I do, there are some regulations I need to follow. If I'm using a saw, I need to have certain, you know, uh, certain um, safety requirements set up around me. I need to have, you know, certain, uh, I got to tape off certain areas so that people are, are safe. And that is the point with the armor of God that, you know, as a Christian, we need certain principles in our lives. But then there's going to be some circumstances where we're, we're going to need to fight with the sword of the Spirit. Now, this morning I want to talk to you about the Word of God. It says here in our scripture to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. In the Greek, there are three ways to say Word of God this morning. There is the graphe of God, which refers to the written word. It refers to the 66 books and 40 authors that make up the scriptures. This is the graphe of God, the written word. The logos of God refers to the spoken word, something that was said. For example, God said, let there be light. Or in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Typically to describe God's attributes or to describe Jesus himself. Jesus is the logos of God. He is the word of God. The spoken word of God. Something that was said. However, 
In Ephesians chapter 6, we are not talking about the graphe word of God or the logos word of God. We are talking about the rhema word of God, which is used to say, to say God's word as implying a word to a specific situation or circumstance. Two examples of rhema in the Bible is Genesis 37, verses 10 through 11. Joseph had a dream, and he shared it with his, his brothers and his father. But it says in verse 10, when, they, when he told his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in his mind. That is the rhema word. So a specific word for a certain circumstance. And you see here that the father is keeping the rhema word. Another example is in Luke, 8, uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 18 and 19. When the shepherds came before Mary and the shepherds told Mary what everything the angels had told them. And it says in verse 18, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. That is the rhema word of God. In both examples, it was a specific word for a certain time given to the hearer of it. These words were kept in the mind and treasured in the heart. Did you know this morning that God speaks to you personally through his word? That's how God speaks to us. Now, we can receive a vision. We can have a dream. But... I would bet that 99% of the time, God is going to speak to you through his word in a personal way. Now, how is that even possible? And I, I was holding back this morning. I was like, should I get, should I go out there? And I was like, mm, I don't know. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to try this morning, okay? I have this, this, this thought. See, I come from a background in, in the work industry of Audio signals. And we do a lot of studies on audio signals. And I want to tell you how our voice works. See, once I speak, what happens in the airwaves is there's, there's an airwave in the air. The molecules compress and expand. That's why you're able to hear me because those vibrations, I hope I don't lose anybody. Those vibrations make your eardrum tickle and your brain's able to perceive through an electrical signal, your brain's able to understand that you're speaking. That's how our words work. But there's a limitation. How many of you know that time is our enemy, especially when we get older, right? As we get older, things start to wear down, you know, we... we uh, you know, anyways, so the voice is subject to time. We are subject to, to those laws. So basically when I speak, the reason why the words end is because the sound wave has diminished. It's over. Now, 
God, let me ask you a question. Is God subject to the laws of physics? No. Is God's word subject to the air? No. See, it's hard to understand God, especially in the scripture where it says, my ways are not your ways. And I, I believe this morning, okay, this is not scripture, this is me right now, okay, so just take this with a grain of salt, all right? But I believe that when God speaks forth his word, it's for an infinity. It just keeps on going. That's why we're able to take God's word that was spoken 2,000 years ago and apply it to our specific situation because it wasn't a word that was spoken. It's a word that is being spoken right now. God is constantly speaking to us. We can take a word in the Old Testament and take it for our own. And it's not something that we have to remind God of because in God's universe, that word has no beginning or no end. It's, it's being spoken right now. Right now, you can get a hold of the Lord in prayer. You can read his word and apply it to your situation today. And it's not something that you need to remind God of because it's not like, God, remember what you said 3,000 years ago? What are you talking about? I just said that right now. It's, it's being spoken. It's for you to listen to it and apply it to your situation. God is not subject to the laws of physics. He is almighty. That's why the rhema word is for today. It's for you. It's for right now. And as we get a hold of the sword of the spirit, as we read our word, as we spend more time in prayer, we can apply God's word to our situation. It says here, in every circumstance, take up the shield of faith. In every circumstance, take the helmet of salvation. In every circumstance, take up the sword of the spirit. Now, I want to end this morning on my last point, and that's preparedness this morning. There's a bad feeling when you find yourself unprepared for a situation. Taking a test you didn't study for, right? How many have, I remember uh, in elementary school, we had those scantrons. I don't know if they have those anymore. But it was an ABDC. And you know, me back in the days, I'd just be like, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, G. And just, sorry, can we delete that back there? <laughs> but, you know, you didn't study for a test and you're just, you know, going buck wild, you know, just kind of whatever. Or getting to a job site and realizing you left your tools at the shop or that specific tool that your boss told you to get. Not that it's ever happened to me. Or, or speaking before a group of people, um, have you ever been chosen to, to give a toast last minute? Has that ever happened to anybody? I know it's happened to me. And you're kind of scrambling, you know, trying to think, okay, whatever. 
Or how about having a, a dead battery in a parking lot and having no jumper cables? That's been me. I know some people who are prepared for anything. I don't want to call anybody out, but I know some, a, a brother in the church, man, he's prepared. Actually, you know, Tino. Tino's always prepared. He has everything, man. You go to a fellowship, man, he has like a pocket knife, an axe, a, a sword, you know, like prepared for everything. That's great. You know, putting on the whole armor of God means that you're actively pursuing God with your whole life. You're preparing yourself. Going back to Romans 13, 12, it says, cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. That is being pre preparing yourself. Preparing yourself for those situations that would come up. Being in an environment unprepared, especially in a competitive game, reveals the weaknesses of your skills. If the defense is all over you, I'm thinking about basketball right now. If the defense is all over you and you're unprepared to answer, let's say you have the ball in your hand, and the defense is just like, you know, this guy's six foot tall, and, you know, his hands are like, can wrap around you, and, and he's all over you. You know, I'm sure we've all been in that situation. What do you do? You just get the ball. You just throw it as high as you can. Oh, maybe that's me, right, because I don't play basketball. But it reveals your weaknesses because you're unprepared. Because you didn't, you didn't practice in the downtime how to dribble that ball across the court. Because you didn't work on your skills of, you know, how they do. They pass the ball through their legs. And they, you know, I don't play basketball. I will say it again. But I've seen people who have tremendous skills, the shortest guys, whatever, you know, what have you, you know, be able to dance around people and even in soccer, right? And you have the ball and, you know, my, my father-in-law, he's all over that, you know, when he gets the soccer ball and they kick it all around and dance around all the players and take it all the way to the, to the goal. Because they prepared themselves, but see, what happens is that in our lives, there are situations that come in our lives, right? Circumstances, flaming darts of fear, flaming darts of anxiety, flaming darts that come against our lives, and we find ourselves unprepared, and we start acting in our weaknesses. We start, we start throwing the ball wherever. We start doing things that we did 20 years ago. When we're in adversity, because we're not being prepared in the spirit, because we're not being prepared in the off season, because we're not doing the things that we're supposed to be doing when life is good. And so we ought to prepare ourselves. That's why the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God, because when times get tough, what do we run to? When times are hard, where do we go? And that is something that we need to pay attention to this morning, that the armor of God prepares you for those times. When times get tough, you pull out the rhema word of God. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And it's not a cliche. It's not something that you heard or something everybody says. It's God's word for your time. We need to be prepared as Christians. If 
if the world or social media is making you believe that you don't need to be holy, that you don't need to prepare yourself, that you don't need to do anything, that all you need to do is love Jesus, I'm going to tell you that is wrong. They lie to you. We need to prepare ourselves as Christians. We need to walk in holiness. We need to be holy because God is calling us to be holy. Not having the armor, not walking in his light, not living for the Lord makes us walk in our weaknesses. And I want us to remember that this morning as we close Ephesians chapter 6. Walking in the spirit, casting off the old man, putting on the new man. That all means this. Live for the Lord every day. And when necessary, take out the sword. Amen. Let's, let's close our eyes. Amen. This morning, as we pray, Father, I thank you, Lord, this morning for your word, Lord. I thank you, God, for the armor that you've given us. I thank you, God, that you've given us every spiritual tool that we need to walk confidently. To walk in confidence. To walk in the assurance, Lord, that you've given us. You've given us righteousness. You've given us peace. You've given us the truth. And you've given us the spiritual weapons to walk in confidence, to walk boldly, Lord. I pray, God, for the church this morning. I pray for every situation, everything that is coming against your people, every flaming dart that has been cast Lord, that your people would take up that shield of faith. That they would be empowered by your spirit to no longer walk in the flesh. No longer walk in their old ways. But that they would put on the armor this morning. Teach us, Lord. As we pray, Lord. As we read your word. We are actively putting on the armor. As we apply it to our lives, we are putting on the armor. As we speak to those that you have called us to speak to, we are putting on the armor. Lord, when we die to the pasts, when we die to the flesh, Lord, and we begin to apply your word in every circumstance, we are putting on the armor. This morning, I would like to give an invitation. If there is no better place this morning to be than in God's forgiveness, than to be in his family. Now, I want to tell you that you have a choice this morning to make a commitment to Jesus Christ, 
to say, Lord, here is my life. I want to make a commitment to serve you. I want you to live in my heart. If you're here this morning and you want to make a commitment to serve Jesus Christ, to give your life to him this morning, I would like you to lift up your hand so I can pray with you.